Hi, it's episode 36 of the Girl Unlimited podcast, the podcast and platform dedicated to seeing you break barriers and overcome limiting beliefs to tap into your unlimited potential and create the life of your dreams. Do you have this dream you never seem to be able to shake no matter how hard you try? You may feel foolish even thinking about it, but it fills you with so much joy and transforms you into this giddy schoolgirl. That's the one, sis. That's the one you need to go for. At the very least, explore it and see where it takes you. Don't let anything or anyone dissuade you from going after it. But what if it's not something or someone keeping you from going after your dreams? What if you are the one standing in your own way? What if it's your own limiting beliefs? Limiting beliefs are usually a symptom of a deeper problem like a lack of self-confidence, for instance. So how do you grow self-confidence? This is what we'll be discussing today. My name is T. Ari, and you're listening to the Girl Unlimited podcast. So what is self-confidence? I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It's the level of confidence you have in yourself. It's kind of like having confidence in something else or someone else, but that confidence this time is directed at you. For instance, the reason you sit on a chair is because you have confidence that it will hold your weight. You drive today because you have a level of confidence that other motorists will at least obey fundamental motoring rules, like not pulling out of a junction without making sure it is safe to do so, or signaling when turning into a road, and of course, using the right signals, right? If you think about it, the reason for a lot of the accidents we have today is the fact that one motorist had the confidence that the other motorist will do what he ought to do and acted on the basis of that confidence. Can you see what I mean? I use this analogy because it is quite personal to me, actually. I was a very, very nervous driver and I was able to trace my fear to my lack of confidence in both myself as a driver and other motorists. That fear kept me from driving for a long time. I would ask myself, how do I know they'll do what they ought to do? But guess what? Because of that lack of confidence in my skills and other motorists, I couldn't drive. I only started driving once I was able to build a level of confidence. And when I say a level, I don't mean don't be wary of the miscreants that could be on the road. That's why we have hazard tests, right? But I was able to drive once I built enough confidence in my driving skills and that of other motorists to help me overcome my nervousness. Is the same confidence in self or lack of it? Just the way lack of confidence hindered my ability to drive. So I have seen lack of confidence in self kill dreams faster than you can say the word dream. So without further ado, how do you develop self-confidence? There are many tips and pointers that I could share, but so as not to make this a 90-minute episode, I chose just four. 
These are my personal, personal favorites and my personal go-tos. Number one, prove to yourself that you are trustworthy. What do I mean by that? Fulfill the promises you make to yourself. I'm not referring to promises you make to other people, even though, as you probably know, that is crucial to your integrity, right? But I'm talking about promises you make to yourself. If you set a goal, do it. Now, as simple as that sounds, I know it's not as easy when it comes to implementation, which is why it is important you know how to set the right goals and set them properly. The trick is to set realistic goals focused on action steps and not outcomes. Note there are two key words in that statement, realistic and action steps. Well, I guess action steps are two words. So realistic and action steps. Look, I am the queen of unrealistic goals and I suspect a lot of idealistic people are the same. But setting unrealistic goals is killing yourself before the battle even starts. That, my friend, is self-confidence suicide. See, I have set goals like I will make a million pounds by the end of the year when previously I haven't even made 50,000 pounds. Am I saying you shouldn't dream big? Absolutely not. If you have, have you met me? <laughs> if you know anything about me, then you know that I am a massive, massive dreamer. But you need to understand and appreciate process and stages. It's like fruit. You first plant the seed and then you keep watering it and then it starts to grow. And then finally it produces the fruit of the seed you planted. And that takes time. A realistic goal should be something that stretches you or you would not be motivated. But it also shouldn't be impossible so you can believe in and for it. Will I make a million pounds? <laughs> you better believe I will. Will I do it by the end of 2022? Uh, probably not. And that's okay. As for action steps, as opposed to outcomes, this is the thing. Outcomes are not completely within your control. Action steps, on the other hand, are. When my self-confidence was at its lowest, I noticed it was because I was setting outcome goals instead of action step goals, which meant more time than not, I could not achieve the goals. And the annoying thing was it was not even my fault because it wasn't as a result of me not trying. Now, let me give you an example of what an outcome goal versus an action step goal looks like. Instead of setting a goal like I'm going to lose 10 kg by December 2022. Set a goal for what actions you will need to take to arrive at your vision of 10 kg weight loss, right? That could include working out for 30 minutes, five days a week and practicing the 18-6 intermittent fasting regimen, <laughs> for instance. These are within your control. The outcome of losing 10 kg is not... Keeping your promises to yourself, keeping your promises to yourself, I believe is an integral part of seeing your self-confidence grow. I'm hoping it goes without saying that you should have goals. I invite you to listen to episode 17 if you haven't already to see how to give your goals a fighting chance of survival. Number two, strive to attain mastery of something or in something. 
It has been proven that the lack of confidence, especially in young people, is tied to the fact that they feel like generalists. So just being okay in many things, but not having any that they are absolutely amazing at. I am one of those people who knows a little bit about a lot of things, pretty much because I have an insatiable appetite for learning. But I've always struggled with the confidence of not being a master in anything. Now, I know this might seem contradictory to some things I've shared in the past about being a jack of all trades. Let me remind you of the quote. It says, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Now, I know most of us know that quote as just a jack of all trades is a master of none, but it actually extends to add, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So it's great to be a generalist. And possibly even better than just being a master of one, like that quote says. But I have also come to know that it is even more beneficial to specialize in one thing too. So it doesn't have to be either or. If for nothing, being a master of one thing will open the initial doors for you while your generalist side will set you head and shoulders above everybody else. Because you'll be pulling from your knowledge and understanding of several fields to create a truly unique skill set in your area of specialty. So they work hand in hand and not against each other. Thankfully, we've all been created uniquely with the ability to master something or a few things. So don't despair if at the moment you don't have a special skill in anything yet. I suggest following the scent of your interests and natural giftings or talents or leanings and start exploring. If you have several already, then just pick one and run with it. It doesn't have to be forever. You can always pivot later. One of the sayings I have lived my life by is this. Ignorance can be temporary, but what you don't know, you can learn. Don't forget that. Number three, throw indecision out the window. Boy, have I witnessed the havoc uncertainty has wreaked firsthand, both in my life and then in the lives of my nearest and dearest. Fact is, certainty is almost non-existent. And the longer you stay undecided because it's not certain, the more your confidence dissipates. I'm sure you've experienced this. And trust me, I understand. For me, the more failures I had under my belt, the more uncertain I got, which in itself is a quintessential trait of lack of confidence. So when I noticed how gun-shy I was becoming, I knew something needed to change. For one, I learned how to pick my lessons and move on from my mistakes quicker and quicker. And doing that helped me stop waiting until I had 100% certainty before making a decision. In episode three of the podcast, where I shared how to find your purpose, I talked about entering into the music world in 2015 without knowing if it was 100% the right decision. And boy, am I glad I did it because making that decision has led me to this podcast today. And I'll call that a win, wouldn't you? And even if it didn't pan out to be anything, at least I tried at least I learned. And the last thing I would have wanted to do is not is to regret not doing it and not knowing what it would have actually been like. I've heard it said that 70% certainty is all you need to make a decision regarding a thing. In fact, I've heard that former US President Barack Obama, and I think I shared this on one episode, I just can't remember which one it is, but it has been said that Barack Obama 
said that in the White House, when faced with those, you know, those life and death or make or break decisions, 51% certainty was all they need or pretty much had the luxury of having. So you can imagine just one percent tail to one side was enough to make a decision. That is not saying be impulsive or don't think things through. You should weigh all your options both objectively and intuitively. Notice I didn't say emotionally, but objectively and intuitively. And then decide. The more decisive you are, the more your self-confidence will grow. I guarantee it. My fourth and final tip is this. Know, accept and love yourself. This alone will take an entire episode to unpack in its entirety, but I cannot even begin to tell you how much of a boost self-discovery, self-mastery and self-love can be to your confidence. Spend time discovering what makes you you. Journaling can help with this. So do check out episode 29 of the podcast for more on that. Learn how to accept your uniqueness and grow to love the masterpiece that you are. A very powerful practice that I came across that will help with this is still linked to journaling, but it is this. Write out everything that is great about you. Your strengths, your abilities, your favorite physical attributes, and read that list over and over and over again until it sticks to your psyche, until your subconscious picks it up. Trust me, it will change how you see yourself. And trust me, I understand this might be hard to do at first, especially if you're used to looking down on yourself. The first time I tried this practice, I really, really struggled, but it got me thinking and got me observing. And when I did do something that I thought was cool, I'd write it down. Or if I discovered something or I learned something about myself that I felt it was really cool, I'd write it down. For instance, as I shared last week, it took me time to appreciate my darker brown skin because of all the negative talk I received growing up. But by the time I started dwelling on the advantages, I started wearing my skin loud and proud. Now, you might hear me talk about self-love and think I'm encouraging pride or arrogance. After all, you've probably heard the saying that pride comes before a fall. Believe me, I'm not. But like C.S. Lewis said, Humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but it is thinking of yourself less. That is a very fundamental distinction because thinking less of yourself will only tear down your confidence. Now, I wanted to add a bonus tip for developing your self-confidence, but this is specifically for you if you really don't have issues with your self-confidence generally, but your confidence has just taken a temporary hit due to being in a new environment or learning a new skill or coming to a new state of being like weight gain, for instance. What I'll say to that is this, cut yourself some slack and lean into the process. What does it mean to lean into the process? It means recognizing that you are in process and learning to work in it and with it and not against it. Remember, this is new to you, so you need time. You remember what I said about the fruit and how it grows from seed to fruit stage? It takes time. You need time. You need time to process. You need time to figure out steps to take either to delve deeper or come out of it. And that's all I have for you today, guys. I hope this episode helps you grow in your self-confidence. 
do listen to this episode over and over if you need it because a lack of confidence will stunt your progress to creating the life of your dreams and we certainly don't want that, do we? Before I sign off, I wanted to thank you so much for listening to the Girl Unlimited podcast every other week. And I wanted to encourage you to please rate and review the podcast so other folks like you and I can find it and get the help they need to tap into their unlimited potential and create the life of their dreams. And until next time, remember... You are a unique and wonderfully created being and you are equipped with a God-given purpose and unlimited potential. The question is, what are you going to do about it?